United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. We are going to shift overseas. Joining us on POTUS, Moid Youssef, Associate Vice President for the Asia Center at the United States Institute of Peace. It's election day today in Pakistan. The Twitter handle is at USIP. We want to find out what this election means. Moeed, welcome back. Thank you for being on the program today. Thank you for having me. What is the significance, aside from any election day, but what is the special significance of the election today? Well, I think the first thing to note is that this is a history for Pakistan because it's the third election in a row and the second peaceful transition of a democratic rule from one civilian government to the other. Pakistan's had an unfortunate history of uh, military rule for half its uh, 70 years of existence. Uh, The military has sort of taken over uh, at least four times uh, in this period. And every 10 years or so, there's almost a cyclical relationship. Civilians come in and then the military and then it's back to the civilians. This is now 10 years and you've got an on-time election uh, for, uh, you know, the third time. And so that's something to celebrate just by itself. So does that mean then that there is balance, that there is equilibrium, if you will, between these two factions? Not sure that you can go that far. (laughs) I think, you know, one hopes that you've got a process going now where this will be uninterrupted. And over time, you're going to start having a balance in a way that the civilians have a sort of supremacy over the military as it should be. Uh, Unfortunately, the country still has a civil military imbalance. The military has an exaggerated role, um, not only in the security sector, but also foreign policy uh, and politics. And quite frankly, even this election, uh, there have been all sorts of uh, allegations uh, that the the election has been uh, manipulated and that the military has picked a a favorite, uh, in this case, the cricketer turned politician Imran Khan, who seems to be leading uh, the pre-polls, at least suggesting that he was leading. So, you know, it's, it's not... Uh, still not the fairest election uh, for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, there were also these question marks on whether the election will happen, whether it will happen on time, uh, whether we're going to have some other undemocratic solution to, to politics. Uh, and thankfully, that's not happened. Aside from the tension between military and civilian rule, there are clearly some issues that need to be resolved or at least uh, handled by the next administration or the next government in Pakistan, including, I guess, uh, their economic crisis right now, which you say is a real crisis. Explain that. Yeah, it's, it's a totally unenviable position uh, for, for any government. I mean, no matter who wins here. Uh, Pakistan's got a serious balance of payments crisis. Uh, Very oddly enough, two years ago, uh, Bloomberg and The Economist and others were writing about the success of the Pakistani economy, a turnaround, looking at higher growth rates uh, and and sort of an economic uh, equilibrium. And here we are with the balance of payments crisis in a way that Pakistan's, uh, you know, really got to find ways to externally fund uh, its ballooning trade deficit, fiscal deficit, and within two or three months, uh, you're going to be at a real, real crisis point. And so whichever government takes over, uh, they're going to have to very quickly look for funding, whether they've got to raise debt externally through bonds or they've got to go to the IMF for a package or perhaps to their um, you know, strategic ally in China 
uh, or even the U.S. in the past has bailed out Pakistan a number of times. But at the moment, the U.S.-Pakistan relationship um, is, is so bad that I think you can almost rule that out. Uh, but in any case, uh, you know, uh, the uh, dollar exchange rate to the local currency uh, was at about 100 for the past uh, four or five years, uh, has now reached 130 within the last three months. So that's the kind of problems they're facing, inflation, et cetera. So it's going to be a serious, serious challenge for whoever comes in. Uh, I don't envy uh, the, the person who's going to become prime minister here, but that, this is real. This is not made up. They have to have to do something uh, fairly, fairly quickly. Moeed Youssef with us, Associate Vice President for the Asia Center at the United States Institute of Peace. Uh, Moeed, we typically look at the U.S. relationship with Pakistan through the filter of Afghanistan. And that is, uh, it's not an elephant in the room, it's just the other country. It's sort of like, it's almost like a hump on the back, if you will, of Pakistan is with what's happening with Afghanistan. Any sense that this can be resolved? Any sense that the U.S. relationship with Pakistan can improve? I'm one of those who's argued uh, that there are structural problems. And one of the problems, quite frankly, is that we're looking at Pakistan only from an Afghanistan lens. And so all the other issues in the relationship, including the economic relationship, I mean, the U.S. still remains Pakistan's largest export market. Um, you know, there are thousands of Pakistanis who come to the U.S. to, to study every year and are uh, essentially leveraged for the U.S., uh, but that's not being worked on at all. Uh, it's really the focus on Afghanistan and there too on uh, Pakistan's uh, sort of link to the Taliban and Haqqani network factions. Uh, I think for the first time, I would argue there is an opening uh, if we can seize the moment. We've seen in Afghanistan, uh, there's been a ceasefire a couple of months back. Um, there, there have been statements that there could be serious conversations with the Taliban uh, in which the U.S. and the Afghan government are involved. I think if we can move uh, to a political settlement kind of debate and, and process in Afghanistan, uh, there is a greater likelihood that the U.S. and Pakistan can work together uh, to try and force the Taliban to negotiate seriously and become part of the Afghan uh, political, mainstream political system. Uh, so far, uh, the, the ask of Pakistan has been uh, to deal and with the Taliban and Akani network and neutralize their presence. And that's something Pakistan's been very reluctant to do. And we, at least I've argued uh, Pakistan probably will not do no matter what kind of pressure is built on it. But if the conversation broadens to a political settlement within that, I think Pakistan can find ways to address its own concerns vis-a-vis -vis Afghanistan and uh, assist the U.S. in terms of trying to get the Taliban to the table uh, to agree to, to become uh, part of politics rather than the insurgency. Finally, on the optimism-pessimism scale, where are you now on the election and the aftermath in Pakistan? Well, net negative. I don't know what that makes it on a scale of 0 to 10, but net negative because, first of all, I think it's going to be a weak coalition government. Pakistan's not going to find a party with a simple majority with real authority. Uh, and then, as I said, the economic crisis is deep. So even if there is a clear transition to a new government, I think what you've got to really watch is between now and December, uh, can they manage the crisis or are we going to end up in a situation where the opposition uh, basically creates a deadlock and makes the country ungovernable? That, that won't be the first time in Pakistan's history. But I do feel that the way polls are shaping up, you may have a very, very weak government uh, unable to really make the bold decisions needed uh, economically for the country right now. Moeed Youssef, thank you for joining us on POTUS today. Always a pleasure.
We will watch the elections taking place in Pakistan. That's why Moeed was joining us. He is Associate Vice President for the Asia Center at the United States Institute of Peace, giving us perspective on today's elections in Pakistan. The Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.